Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hello everyone and welcome to ABG, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And it's Mel! So I think this topic will be really important to talk about because as Asian women, it is unfortunate for us to feel pressures to conform to society's westernized beauty standards based on gender and race. From the shade of our skin to the size of our eyes, we are scrutinized for having what we have instead of being told that we are beautiful and that we are enough. Um, So we wanted to take this episode to talk through our experience in dealing with Asian beauty and the standards imposed upon us since we've been sort of living through it for the past 20 to 30 years. Yep. Yeah. So maybe I can start by asking, when do you guys think it all started where maybe you recognized that you did have some sort of a beauty standard that was mm-hmm. imposed upon you? Maybe it was back when you were younger with family or with mm-hmm. friends, people you hung out with. Well, I think all of us growing up um, with an Asian cultural background, but also in America and in Western culture means that we had kind of like mixed messages, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I grew up in Orange County and it was predominantly white. So I, I always kind of just assumed that I wasn't like, not that I was ugly, mm-hmm. but like, you know, I looked at the girls that an image of like what pretty is and mm-hmm. what like feminine is. And I never like, I just naturally didn't fit that. And I didn't, I didn't think like twice about it. Mm-hmm. But I think, and also for me, like going into college is when I was introduced to more Asian American women. Mm-hmm. And I started to learn about some of these ideals or standards, like having lighter skin was supposed to be attractive. I never knew that growing up, mm-hmm. you know, being Orange County, like everyone else was already light skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and my mom put my sister and I in like swimming lessons when we were younger. So we were always like really active and tan. And I, you know, in hindsight, I remember going to visit my, um, my family and people would comment that we were darker during the summer, but I never knew that it was like, I never felt like it was like a, a negative thing. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mel? Cause you used to like, you visited uh, Taiwan more when you were younger, right? So mm-hmm. you had more probably like an influence of what Asian definitions of beauty were since you were young. Yeah, so I would go back to Taiwan once a year since I was four. And so for me, with in terms of beauty, I didn't realize there was a disconnect until middle school actually, cause um, when I would go back every year, I would, you know, buy the clothes from Taiwan. I would get my hair colored and everything according to what was trending in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And I come back, people would be like, oh, why are your clothes so fobby? Why is your hair colored orange? Mm-hmm. And back then I was like, I don't know. This is 
this is popular. Right. But then back in the States, I would get this kind of like bad feedback about mm-hmm. my clothing. And then, then I felt like, why are they treating me this way? Versus in Asia, this is the norm. Hmm. So there's that difference for me. And I right. noticed that in middle school. Okay. But then when you were in Asia, did your family ever like make comments about you in terms of being like darker? Well, I think naturally I'm very pale. So Asian standards, like being pale and light skin is... Right. It's a good thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful to mm-hmm. them. And so I never got any negative comments about my skin but coming but did you actually get positive comments then do they always compliment you on that and then that registered in your brain (sighs) like this is beautiful this is good this is a you know this is like a a strength that I have yeah I mean I they were just like oh your skin's really great like you have no pimples and it's really it's really white and so I'm like okay cool like this is the norm but then coming to the states they're like you're so pale you're a ghost and I'm like oh Mm. shit do I need a tan? <laughs> right? There's like this, like, I feel like I'm always going back and forth with what's pretty in, in Asia and what's pretty right, here. Right. Mm-hmm. When I started feeling like, oh, I have to look a certain way is when it is when you're interacting with like family, like mm-hmm. family friends, or when you're, when I go like to China or to visit my extended family, they'll comment and say like, oh, you're so, they would say like, oh, you're so dark or, oh, last time I saw you, you were, you were so much like skinnier. Oh, yeah. And that's usually the second comment that comes after like, hello. Yep. Oh my like, God. It, yeah. It's it is so very immediate. abrupt. And it's just like, well, okay. Hi to you too. Yeah. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But that's probably the first time I felt like, oh, I have to be thinner. So the first time I visited was probably like seven mm. or eight. And then the second time was probably around like 12 or 13. Mm. And by them saying like, oh, you look like you got fatter. I'm like, no, like I'm growing. I'm a yeah. child. Yeah, supposed to be bigger. <laughs> right? um, but then I think from that point on, I started becoming more like aware of my size and color. Mm. Did you guys ever have the experience? I feel like this is pretty common in Asian culture. Maybe it's a specifically Chinese, but you're either like too fat or too thin. Because mm-hmm. like, growing up, oh. like I was a little bit scrawnier, and so there were periods where I would get a lot of like, "Oh, you're not eating," or "Oh, you look sickly." But then you know, you grow up and you go through puberty, and I'm like, "Oh, you're, you're getting a little a little chubby," and then you're just like, "What?" There's like no perfect balance. Right. But thinking back to to other standards that maybe I was introduced to when I was much younger, mm-hmm. I think that there is this like Asian standard for women to be really like soft and polite mm-hmm. and reserved and kind of you know like the more classic ideals of like femininity. Mm. And I think as a as a child, I was like maybe a little bit more naturally that that way. Like I was a little bit quieter and I was kind of soft and I, I like took dance classes and like ballet. So mm-hmm. I feel like that was something that people, my my family like gravitated towards like kind of assigning my identity with. Mm-hmm. But then you go to school and it's like you're raised in a culture where, you know, being like athletic and sporty is becoming something that is also super celebrated. So I don't know if you guys had different like any like stereotypes that you had felt like were kind of imposed on you. I think for me, my mom would always say to not talk against authority mm-hmm. figures, to always sort of just, you know, go with the flow and be kind and kind of quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I was always just like a rebellious kid where I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to you huh? either. I think when you're younger, you kind of just listen to these lessons that your parents give you and you're like, this is how I have to be. But then the older you get, the more you encounter other people in school and whatnot, right. then you realize that there's a, a side of you that's been sort of like suppressed so i think a lot of our inspiration or where we get our beauty standards from really comes from media Mm -hmm. yeah very true when you guys were younger 
growing up, who were your beauty icons? Uh, well, I used to watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. And for any of those 90s children out there, <laughs> um, Seventh Heaven was a show that I liked a lot. And I remember always really uh, liking Jessica Biel because she was this kind of like natural big sister type Mm -hmm. and she was much more sporty. And I'm not like a super athletic person, but I appreciated Mm -hmm. that she kind of had that strength about her character Mm. and that like physically she also had that, right? Like she's very active and she doesn't wear like tons of makeup. So I kind of felt like that was for me someone that I I looked up to when I was younger. I think for me, since I went to Asia so much as a kid, I loved Jolene Tsai. She's like this Taiwanese pop star. Because oh. I feel like, you know, back in the day, I resonated more with the Asian media. Yeah. That's all I watched, actually. And so for her, seeing like an Asian girl being sexy, like dominating the stage, being successful, that was something for me I really looked up to. How do you think that's impacted your Standards. outlook of beauty for yourself then? Or what you prefer? Well, for me at that time, because I grew up in Taiwan just from going back so much I wanted the colored hair I wanted Mm. the type of clothing she was wearing because I was in fashion then but that was in fashion for Taiwan Mm -hmm. so that's why I had that disconnect when I would come back home and then wear it and then people like what are you wearing why is your hair that like that and I'm just like I don't know this is popular (laughs) right you guys this looks really good trust me it looks good (laughs) in Taiwan so would you switch it back then you would dye your hair black well then I would just change my clothing because at that point my hair is I can't do anything about my hair and I would just switch back to like mixing American clothing with my Asian clothing like I think when I was younger I didn't care as much but as I got older I definitely saw myself leaning towards the like American side Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. fashion so I think a lot of different standards for Asian beauty I mean the most popular ones are like having very white, pale skin, Mm -hmm. um, and also just being thinner. Mm -hmm. Plastic surgery is also associated with even like face shaving or getting your nose like more pointy. Having kind of more of like almost like a like a cutesy uh, what is the face shape? It's like more heart shape that they like, right? Ovally? <laughs> I don't know. But I think for me, like back then when I was younger, I wasn't only aware of plastic plastic surgery. Like I didn't think that my idols had plastic surgery. I thought that's mm-hmm. how right, they looked right. like. But maybe more. So were there particular features? Like, does she have really big eyes? She did. She, she, she did. Mm-hmm. She had big eyes. But I don't know. For me, like even though like I have tiny eyes, I never thought I'm gonna get plastic surgery to look like her. But uh. did you see that as like more beautiful? You know, I, you know, it's weird. I feel like growing up in America, you're taught to love yourself and your body. And I yeah. think it's weird because like I love my body and love how I look, but I still thought she was beautiful and I, because mm-hmm. of these certain features. Okay. But I never wanted, I never wanted that those features on myself because yeah. I feel like that is the American center is to love yourself. I feel like that influenced how I yeah. kind of viewed everything in terms of beauty and me and her. That is, that is actually a really interesting point. I think that, yeah, the generation that we grew up with, mm-hmm. it was about embracing like your individuality and like mm-hmm. however you are. And mm-hmm. it is a little bit conflicting with if you're raising, uh, you know, like, Asian culture it's a little bit more like conform I guess they're not as you know like celebrate exactly how you are it's like this is the standard this is what you should aim for yeah but that can be kind of confusing for you when you're growing up right like you're being pulled in multiple. yeah like even today when I see girls and like I see girls are beautiful big eyes the beautiful mm-hmm. body the perfect hair I'm like I can see why guys think you're so attractive because I think you're beautiful a part of me is like damn that's not fair you have everything you're mm-hmm. beautiful but part of me isn't like I want to be you because it's just I don't know it's like it's, not how you were taught no I I was just, it's so ingrained in me just to be me mm-hmm. that I'm never like, man, fuck you, you look good, but I want to be you kind of type of persona. I think that's great. I think that's the mentality that if all girls could be taught that growing mm-hmm. up, then there wouldn't be so many like issues. What about you, Helen? Yeah. Well, I think for me growing up, I would say that a lot of my beauty icons were also sort of just the friends that you're surrounded with, right? So it's like, oh, they have this like cool shirt. Like, I want that cool shirt. But at the same time, my favorite show was Fresh Prince. Oh, yeah. And so good. <laughs> Hillary. I thought she was 
beautiful. <laughs> she's gorgeous. <laughs> she is. As much as she's a ditz, she was my beauty icon right. growing up. Um, and even like Aaliyah and like TLC. And- but what oh, about TLC. what about their beauty that you felt? Mm-hmm. They were beautiful. Well, I feel like she, Hillary's character was very like confident. Yeah, yeah confident. Yeah. But also like she held glamour, like feminine glamour, well. Like she always had her hair done really well. She did like makeup mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So that is very. Yeah. Like, was, is that something that you? So maybe wouldn't? it's not much beauty, but it's more having that personality of like mm-hmm. confidence mm-hmm. is what I was attracted to. And maybe also I don't know if this is directly related or not, but not worrying about having like pale skin as much as my family would say like, oh, you're so dark. It's like mm-hmm. I don't care. I think that's beautiful to me. Right. Yeah, I agree. So maybe there was some influence there from both childhood friends and from television. Yeah. Is that crazy how your family could be saying these things? Like, oh, make sure your skin is light. Like growing up for me, I remember I used to share a room with my grandma. Mm -hmm. And every time before we sleep, she'll spend an hour in the restroom putting on like 5,000 creams on her face. Mm, Whitening Mm. creams. Yeah, and it didn't, for me, it's just like, oh my gosh, she takes forever in the bathroom. But looking back now, man, she put a lot of creams to like maintain that standard of Asian beauty and skin. Right. And I feel like as I get older, that's something that I'm more mindful of. Is that something that your your mom pushes on a lot to make sure you're taking care of your skin? My mom doesn't care, actually. My, she, my grandma is <laughs> the one that really cared about like, oh, skincare. Okay. But I think as I get older, a lot of my peers really care about skincare. Like what's yeah. the latest mm-hmm. trying about Korean beauty products? Mm-hmm. Face mask. Yeah. Like I mean, 20 step processes yeah. before I mean, bed every night. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I definitely like, I mean, I buy products here and there now because as you get older, you want to maintain that, the Asian skin, right? right? Right. And I think for people who are listening in who have not heard about that before, that's actually a huge thing just to have very like fair white skin, whether it's associated with having class and wealth and not being a blue collar worker and like right. working out in the fields and that's not true. getting tan. That might be a part of it. But in Asian countries, if you go to like a 7-Eleven, you'll find skin whitening Products. creams yeah. and like SPF that's over a hundred like what does that even mean right (laughs) true but yeah I remember when I was younger I would see my aunt and she still does this she would have that arm sleeve just on her left arm for when she's driving so that when the sun comes into her car she doesn't get tan on the left side and then she also wears this like huge visor to cover her face face. well I mean they're in style now the visor that's true no I have a similar story too because it's always my grandma, maybe because she's like the most traditional person in my family. She used to always drop me off at the bus stop in elementary school. And I'd be so embarrassed because she'd be wearing like this cartoon bunny like design sleeve cover and this like <laughs> hat with this covering that didn't even match her, her arm sleeves. And then she'd be wearing a sweater and it'd be freaking like 80 degrees out. So it's all to protect herself from tanning. Exactly. And, her skin fair. and I would be so embarrassed to be standing there. I'm like, oh my God, I... She looks like she's going to a Halloween store. But <laughs> so that's what she did wore. Did you guys have contrasting, like, because in in like western culture being tan is was is beautiful right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i don't know like for me i always had uh like my mom also was very into skincare and to this day every time i see her she's like are you are you putting in your night cream are you doing this but she never really uh pushed the like light skin aspect Mm -hmm. and i think growing up in orange county where a lot of people like sports are really big and like people go out and you're in the sun a lot like i always believed that being tan was beautiful And I remember Coco Chanel was the first in like the 1920s. She was out on a cruise and she got tan accidentally and she was a beauty icon. So when people saw that she was tan, I think from (laughs) that point on, a lot of Americans wanted to be tan. Mm. I think being tan gets associated with that. So we need someone like Fawn Bing Bing or Angela Baby or whoever to Mm. get on a cruise boat (laughs) and get dark. 
That's so true. <laughs> well, actually, even like in K-pop, because I'm a big K-pop fan, there's like a lot of the girls are really pale, but there's right. like what's what's her name? Hyodin from Sister. She's mm-hmm. like more tan and she's more of a oh, like yeah, yeah. she has more curves and she's beautiful. And I feel like she's mm-hmm. setting a certain different type of beauty standards there, which I think is great. Yeah. So I think for me, I was influenced more by black culture, mm-hmm. and then Mel, it sounds like you were more influenced by like Taiwanese Asian. and the pop. K-pop mm-hmm. life. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Janet, I know you mentioned Jessica Biel. Mm-hmm. How, does, how has that shaped your standards of beauty? Well, I think, I mean, she she like didn't wear a lot of makeup and it was more simple. So I feel mm-hmm. like I've definitely adopted that. Like I, even though I was in, like I danced in studios a lot when I was younger and we would do like stage makeup, but I always separated that in my mind as like performance. And I didn't really, like mm-hmm. my day to day, I always liked things to be very simple and very mm-hmm. clean. It's very um, Janet, actually, today. Yeah. She <laughs> has no makeup right now. She's wearing just a t-shirt and makeup. <laughs> Janet doesn't need makeup. No, she's natural. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> um, she's <but> uh, <laughs> My brows need to be done right now, actually. Yeah, you're fine. But I have an appointment after this. It's okay. <laughs> so as I said, you know, I uh, grew up in like Orange County area and there is mostly like Caucasian people. And um, I was on the dance team and we would go to competitions. And during the competitions, we'd have to do our makeup and we're supposed to all look uniform. So I remember they put us into a room and they're like, okay, we're going to go through the tutorial of how to do our makeup. So step by step, we're like, we're going to use this foundation and then we're going to do this eyeshadow or do this other layer of eyeliner. Wait, same color? For everyone? Uh, well, foundation, everyone found their own color. Okay. But everyone, okay. No, actually, no, this is, like, but this is a good question because the color of lipstick, the color of eyeshadow, and everything else, yeah. and blush, everything was uniform. Like, they no. told us the exact product brand and the, like, the numerical thing for no it. Because we wanted to look all the same. It, it's a part of, like, dance, uh, mm-hmm. like, drill team competition stuff. But I'm like, okay. I mean, there were other ethnic girls on the team, but, like, we were probably, I don't know, like, one-eighth of the mm-hmm, team and mm-hmm. most everyone else was blonde-haired, blue-eyed or brown-eyed or whatever. And I was like, hmm, this doesn't look good on me. <laughs> but it looked good on them. But it looks good on them. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, ooh, I need to like, how do I like alter this to work with my eye shape but then still remain in the standards so that we all look uniform, right? Mm-hmm. But that, and that's the topic of like eyes for Asian people is really, really big. And mm-hmm. I grew up um, alternating between like monolid and then having somewhat of a fold. It was kind of like funky. So I, I always had to kind of like figure out how to do my makeup in a way where it would make my eyes look even but then also blend in with everyone else but then also look like I have eyes. <laughs> so, it yeah. like, so it was a little bit of a challenge but that definitely for me was a moment where I'm like ooh I'm not like everyone else and I have to do some alter altering mm-hmm. but um how about you guys like I mean for modern day with makeup do you I, I guess I mean now we live in the world of YouTube where there's a lot of these like makeup gurus who Thank are God. Asian but mm-hmm. when you're growing up how did you learn how to do makeup and was it with ethnic people honestly I'm really shitty with makeup looking back at it I'm like damn I struggled hard my best friend who is Asian would do my makeup but her eyes even at her eyes she her was eyes Asian too. Yeah. She had double lids. I've, I was a heavy monolid. She mm. did not know how to do my makeup. <laughs> heavy monolid. I'm a, I, <laughs> no, it's true. I literally look at my eyes. Damn, you're a monolid for sure. That's you do a good job though, with your makeup. Yeah. Like, really I mean, I learned great. through YouTube. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but even now, like, I feel like I started to actually learn how to do my own makeup yeah. in college. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't until recently. Mm-hmm. But YouTube helped a lot, and I would just YouTube monolid smoky eyes. <laughs> 
Because it works. It's like, I tried the other methods. It just doesn't work for my eye shape. Yeah. That doesn't make a big difference because I know there are like makeup tutorials. Sometimes they're like, put it in the crease. I'm like, what? Like, there is no crease. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it sucks. And then um, even falsies. Like, I realize that the Asian brands work better for me than the American Mm, brands. Like, everyone uses Ardell now. I use like whatever I get at the night market in Taiwan. Oh, yeah. You were so. We went to Taiwan together once and Mel's like, I can't find my eyelash stand. (laughs) God, no, literally, there's a stand in Taiwan that literally has hundreds and hundreds of eyelashes and boxes of tens. So you just like stock up. I stock up when I go back. I never buy eyelashes here because Mm. the fact that I think the shape of the eyelashes, Mm -hmm. the falsies in Asia work better with my monolid and my almond shaped eyes. No, you're Mm. totally right because I had to wear false eyelashes uh, for dance team and we used Ardell and I remember it like didn't quite fit my eye very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know another trend that I struggle with? today is contouring because mm. i think uh, my face as like an asian woman it's kind of more rounder and flat so i'm mm. just like what the fuck do i contour <laughs> do you contour i try i guess it's not working <laughs> like what you can't you can't contour flat land right like it's like, <laughs> hard well it, mm, like i don't have the high cheekbones right, or, right right but you do have cheekbones yeah but i don't know how to contour still someone someone who's asian and flat face needs to do it on youtube so i can learn <laughs> i'm not there yet how about you helen and like you like your beauty yeah how do you how did you learn to do your makeup and like who did you reference and who taught you i'm not gonna lie like knowing helen for about like, two years now yeah your makeup has definitely like got better really for two years yeah thanks i think it's the highlighter <laughs> so how did you learn how to highlight i saw a youtube video and I was like, wow, her face is glowing. Oh, actually, this is terrible. But it might have been Khloe Kardashian. She posted a picture with really nice highlighters. So then I decided <laughs> to start highlighting also. Right. But in terms of learning like how to do my up. makeup, yeah. I think I might have just been YouTube videos also. I used to mm. watch this. Um, her name was Susie. S-U-Z-I. And I think she's still going. But she's an Asian. No, I think she's Asian British. Mm-hmm. But I think I learned from her. And I did have a monolid till I was 20. And oh, really? I didn't get plastic surgery. Just admit it, out. Helen. Just admit <laughs> it. It's okay. Turns out it's like genetics because my mom also didn't get it until she was 20. It's weird. And I used to, before I got my double eyelid, I used to rub my eyes really hard in order to get Aww. the double. Oh my God. It works, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. And then it would last for like a minute. I'd be like, rub it again just to get it again. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe I'll get it when I'm 50 then. Like, <laughs> like a double eyelid. One day I come up, hey guys. I'm just like that. <laughs> be like, you definitely got plastic surgery. <laughs> oh my God. At 50? No way. <laughs> So is there anything that you guys today uh, look at your face or anywhere else in your body that you would alter? I think when I was younger, maybe going through like puberty, I Mm -hmm. never had the bridge on my nose. That was what I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. When I was younger, my family would like squeeze the bridge. Yeah, my family. Really? (laughs) (laughs) To like what, mold my bones? I don't know. I don't know where they were going with that. Because I couldn't wear certain glasses. Yeah. Uh, I had to get the glasses with a cushion and they were like the nerdier looking ones. The struggle is real with that. So Mel, you probably don't have this experience because you don't wear glasses, no. right? Yeah. So Helen, we're on the same page, like the bridge thing, because yeah, whenever I would try to go to lens crafters, I'm like, they don't make glasses for Asian yeah. people. <laughs> it's a real thing. <laughs> but now I think I've accepted it. I feel like I have like a little button nose, like sure, I'm fine with it now. <laughs> but I do still contour. So contouring in between like the, your eyes right yeah. along like the sides of your nose, mm-hmm. it enhances that bridge right, right. shape that I don't have. That's flat. So it's flat. So I'm contouring a flat surface. <laughs> okay. So there is hope for me then. There's hope <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. But in terms of plastic surgery, I never wanted to. I don't think it's a bad thing if you want to get plastic surgery. It's all, you know, you do you. Right. But for me, I just feel like I'm rather just, I'm happy with what I have. Mm-hmm. 
and it is what it is yeah yeah i actually i felt like i would be kind of scared to alter things because like i said you know sometimes i would have like one monolid and one not mm-hmm. and my aunt was kind of like you know you should just tape it even it out or like get surgery or something and i was like oh but what then i'll look different i won't yeah. look like me and then it felt like too permanent of a change mm-hmm. but what about you know like it's a pretty popular topic that they say uh, Asian women tend to be more like flat chested. Is that something that you guys confronted? I mean, I, do, I feel like growing up, I would struggle being flat chested. Yeah. Like, I hated it. I would joke around saying like, I'm not even an A cup. I'm nearly an A, you know? And even in high school, I remember this guy made fun of me. He was like, hey, Mel, mosquito bites. What? Oh my God. Oh my God. Where is that boy? <laughs> I'm a little fucking bitch. But, <laughs> but the, like, like having comments, like having having people say that to you, you're like, yeah. shit, like that. Yeah. People actually notice I have no tits. No, I remember when I was in seventh grade, I used to wear the bras that are totally just like shaped out already. I have a picture. Yeah, or like, su- like not even padded. <laughs> like a pillow it was just on like your boob? hollow on the inside where a boob should be. Oh. <laughs> like the super hard bras. And I, have a, I remember I have a picture like of it and it just looks so ridiculous because my body was not shaped that along with the bra. And yeah, I yeah. wore that for like a year probably. I think all of us have like an extra padded bra though. It's like a thing. Yeah. Right. Have you guys thought about getting like boob jobs though? I actually, I liked feeling like I had less boobs. I don't know if it was like an athletic boobs. (laughs) Do you have boobs, Janet? I can't tell. You're so I have like a B cup. So I'm not, not, it's like not super small and not super big. But um, (laughs) but I felt like uh, I liked the more athletic look. Yeah. So I never had any, any desire for that. But I know a lot of like my family and my friends, my cousins and stuff like that. That was like a big struggle for them with the Mm. like the flat chested thing. And I think nowadays there are a lot of the Wonder Cup bras and it's just, you can, there's a lot of things you can do to enhance. Mm Mm-hmm the boobs like that thing yeah. going around on instagram right now where it's like a sticky bra but then you can pull yeah. it in the middle that's to... so much fun yeah it's like a boost <laughs> i actually yeah. would just want to buy it to play with it and not even really wear it you know please you'll be wearing it all the time <laughs> Shh, now everyone will know i'm really flushing i'm gonna see mel next time when she's gonna be like a c cup <laughs> <laughs> but you know i feel nowadays there's this thing where People are embracing being flat chested. Like I have a lot of friends yeah. who are like, yeah, like, going braless. Yeah. yeah, yeah, love it. Even like Kendall Jenner, the fact that she's able to, she'll wear very sheer clothing, yeah, just so that she doesn't get her pictures taken down. But like you can see her boobs, and it's a small boob, and she's completely she's okay, okay with, with it. it. Yeah, there are a lot of girls that look up to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's good that someone's doing that. Yeah, yeah right, I right. agree. Yeah. Okay, so we talked a lot about boobs. What about butts? There's also, (laughs) there's like the stereotype of of Asian girls. It's a stereotype, maybe not necessarily true, but that Asian women are, you know, we're not just flat chested. We're also flat in the, in the buttocks area. We're pancake butts. Honestly, Jenna, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have a nice ass. (laughs) So that's not an issue for me. I think your ass is going to have to be our Instagram post. (laughs) No, I have to tell you like, but it's okay. It's still there. There's still some meat. (laughs) No, but I feel like I definitely was self-conscious about my boobs because I didn't have any, Mm -hmm. but I have an ass. Like, I have something there. It's not mm-hmm. pancake. So I didn't right, understand. Right. Like, I was like, I can't relate to your pancake Pancake ass. butt problems. Yeah. Like, I actually have a story. So I have a friend who grew up in this very, like, Caucasian part of Boston. And he said he was really into white girls growing up. And he was like, yeah, I was such a boob guy because those girls had big boobs and mm-hmm. stuff. And Asian girls with fake boobs. Oh, yeah. Well, not fake <laughs> with boobs, bras. With bras <laughs> he, like, he knew the difference. <laughs> but then when he went to college, he was surrounded by more Asian American women. He yeah. said, yeah, I turned to an ass guy because oh. Asian American women have more of an ass than tits. And I was like, oh, interesting. So I think... In some way, we kind of have an advantage because I feel like, oh, I checked out your asses before, but you guys have some kind of meat there, you know? So I feel like in that sense, we do. for the cushion. So you may, you may not have boobies, but you got some booty. Are you guys ashamed no, no. of your ass? I like my butt. That's good. 
I think the thing is that with Asian women, stereotypically and probably true, we don't have bigger boobs, right? Mm-hmm. And so your butt is something that you can actually work out and grow, and it's like yeah. a nice asset. Uh, ass people is that why you spend two hours at the gym helen every day so i think it started with volleyball because you're always squatting and like Mm -hmm. moving around the court squatting then i noticed my ass starting to like get bigger or like perkier i was like oh this is kind of (laughs) cool i guess maybe that influenced some of my working out and getting it plumpier because i plumpier yeah Yeah. i would like to be able to to put like something up on that you know like you're gonna put a drink on your ass yeah bottle of champagne talked a lot today about how we grew up uh you know with dual cultural backgrounds our asian cultures taught us certain ideals of beauty but Mm -hmm. then we grew up in the western culture with sometimes conflicting like directly conflicting ideals of beauty and to mel's point i think that 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 kind of helps you realize or come to the conclusion that there's like really there's no answer there's no Mm -hmm. yeah there's no right definition of beauty there isn't one that's more or less it's just like everyone is really different and Mm -hmm. i think that because we've been exposed to like dual definitions it's easier to be you know like to have the conclusion that mel did which is like this person's beautiful and is great and i don't look like her but Mm -hmm. that's okay i'm beautiful too yeah and i think asian americans in mainstream media there's still not a lot of representation most asian women are made to have that cookie cutter look but what's great is that nowadays social media has given us that ability for anyone not approved by hollywood standards to make a video Right. So now there's a more diverse array of ethnicities, body types, body sizes, which is great, especially for the younger generation. I think Helen brings up a good point. Girls, keep in mind, there's a lot of girls we follow on Instagram that, you know, I even follow and we look up to. But, you know, don't let that be the definition of beauty for this generation. You know, you guys could set your own standards by embracing yourself and your beauty. And you could be someone that the new generation could look up to in the future. That sounds corny, but you know what? That's the fucking truth. Mm, Right? Yes, Yes. exactly. So true. So thanks so much for listening in again. Uh, if you guys have any comments you want to leave us or uh, additional questions that you didn't feel like we addressed, write us at asianbossgirl at gmail.com. Check us out on our website, asianbossgirl.com. We're also all over the internets, social media. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye, ladies. See you guys bye. next time. Stay beautiful. Bye.